Hey you. What up though? This episode of the cookout is brought to you by literally just going with the flow because that is what this episode is today. So check it out. Um, anybody who's like new here, if this is your first episode of the cookout, um, I got to be honest with you. This is, you know, a, a very different kind of format. Uh, than what normally goes on here. Um, it's still going to be amazing, so just, like, stick with me. But, like, yo, check it out. Normally I come, like, I kind of have, like, a topic, or even if we're just going to do uh, just random topics, um, I kind of have, like, you know, a little bit of a guideline at least or something. Um, and I normally have a little bit of, like, a, a flow and, like, a, a show structure. Uh, this time, uh, you know, uh, and also, like, I normally, uh, when my guests get here, the mics are live, you know, I like to get, I'm a good BTS queen, right? So um, that's, that's what happened uh, with this recording. Um, what my good friend Jamal is his first appearance on the cookout. Uh, he's fresh meat. Uh, and he, he came in and, you know, I've been doing the solo one-on-one uh, -on -one episodes lately with people. And honestly, the mics were live. We just sat in the studio and started talking. And I didn't want to break the flow. I didn't want to, you know, um, interrupt what was going on. So what you guys are going to hear this episode is literally just the both of us having a conversation, getting to know each other better. Uh, he really digs in and talks about like, you know, what love and looks like for him now in his marriage. You know, his uh, his wonderful wife, Sierra. Uh, I mean, she died twice from from having COVID-19. So he's going to tell that story. We're going to talk about what it's like being black in corporate. Just a bunch of really dope stuff. Uh, and if you hang out to the end of the episode, you get to hear two amazing, intelligent black men lift each other up and show each other love. So um, I love this episode of The Cookout, man. It was a good time. Hope you all enjoyed as well. Um, so enjoy. Love you guys. Appreciate y'all. This episode of The Cookout is brought to you by Homothethyl. Yeah. She was she was fine, but she had very masculine energy. Does it rhyme with bike? It was just a <laughs> This episode of the cookout is brought to you by Fleet Enemas. Sugar is great. That sugar is good. She does some good spit for this pussy. Listen! <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> you can almost like smell the strap. Oh my god. <laughs> This episode of The Cookout is brought to you by trying to figure out what creaming is. What exactly is... <laughs> Swiss roll realness? <laughs> um, Alright, so yeah, you, you, you are married to a wonderful woman. Her name is Sierra. Yes. And I know her as well. She's amazing. Yes. Um, one th Okay, so you mentioned that you guys got uh, married quickly. We did. Okay, yes. so what, what, like, how quickly did you guys get married? Um, and how did that affect, like, the, I guess the start of your marriage? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So much. So um, the way it happened was um, I was active duty military. Okay, yes. And I. What branch, if you don't mind me asking? United States Navy. All right. So I was active duty military and. At this point, I had already traveled the world a good bit, mm -hmm. right? And um, I come home for the first time in a year. And um, I had, listen, I had already been to like Hawaii and, yeah. you know, seen seen some different parts of the world that, you know, I had only read at that point in National Geographic books. Yeah. Sorry, that just made me think about my mom. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I had been to, you know, traveling, came home. And here this girl is, and she is just 
gorgeous. Yep, yep, she is. She is. Right? Just flat out, like, I looked at this woman and I said, man, <laughs> man. Right? Like, if I, if I ever put kids into the world. Come on now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if I ever put kids into the world, they're going to come through her. He said, "Listen, I, that is that is my womb. It's mine." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, we so uh, we are at a party, and it's a party where we have a bunch of mutual friends. And I didn't realize it then, but I had met her before. Wow. And the first time I had met her, I saw her at a New Year's party, mm-hmm. and and this is me flashing back, okay, a bit. And I said to myself, I told, looked at my cousin who was on the couch. His name is Tyler Chubb. Mm-hmm. We got Tyler. I said, Tyler, you see that girl that just walked in the door? He said, Yeah. I said, Look at that scowl on her face. I would never talk to that girl. She's such a b i t c h, bro. I would never talk to that girl. No. So the first time I saw Sierra, I instantly felt something. Right. And it was a powerful emotion. <laughs> okay. A powerful emotion. Wow. That's interesting. And then we have pictures with, like, at that party mm-hmm. where she's on one corner and I'm on another corner. Wow. But we're at the same party. Wow. But we never spoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second time I met her, we were at, like, a friend's gathering kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I don't know who that girl is, but she's beautiful. Yeah. And I said, Courtney, put me on. And right. she said, I'm going to go talk to her for you. So she goes over there and talks to her for me. <laughs> and she says, I forgot. She's got a boyfriend, kind of. But she wouldn't talk to you anyway because you're about to go to the military. So I introduced myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's nice to meet you. And she says, nice to meet you too. And we went on about our business. I joined the Navy. Right. Fast forward uh, to one year later, a year and a half probably, I come back. It's the month of my birthday. My boys are throwing a party for me every single day. Of course. For the next however long that right. I'm going to be home. For the next 14 days that I'm going to be home. Mm-hmm. She's at the first one. And I look at her and I go, wait a second. I know you. Yeah. And she's like, if that's not the lamest pickup line <laughs> ever. It's <laughs> hilarious. Get out of my face, boy. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. Seriously, I know you. I met you at. And I didn't realize I met her at the first party, mm-hmm. but I said, I met you at this thing. I told Courtney to come talk to you, but you said that you wouldn't talk to me because I was going to military. Right. She's like, oh yeah, you're, you're Jamal. What are you doing here? And I'm like, well, that's, this guy's my, my best friend. And this mm-hmm. guy's my friend. Like we run to get like this guy. This, and she's like, oh, I know all these dudes because my girl, my friend is dating. That's crazy. Your boy, your, your best friend. And um, I went to school with all these dudes, so you know. So this yada, just yada, seemed yada. like it was going to happen. Yes. Okay. This 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 was going to happen. Got you. And so she walks away from me in that conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, okay. Well, nice to meet you," because she knows that if I'm friends with these people, then I'm up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> so for clarity, everyone, Jamal Chubb was a bum. Yes. <laughs> he was a bum back in the day. Yes. Okay. Just just yes. want to clear that up. Gotcha. Uh, I, there's a proper name for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, there but I, is. I was just trying to jump in the draws. Yeah. I thought she was cute. I was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, but she walked away from me and I like, she walks away. She starts talking to some other guy. Mm-hmm. Cool. They're talking. And I sit next to her and I say, hey, girl, why are you walking away from me? I'm Jamal Chubb. Like, 
Don't you know? Like, wow. I, 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 so it was like that. So you were like that. I was like that, though. Oh, you were gross. I was gross. Oh, come on. I was on. gross. <laughs> see, I'm looking at you through, through the filter of at, at which I met you. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't even, like, see it that. It doesn't compute. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Um, And so she goes, um, like, we, we're sitting next to each other. And... um. I understand that if you want to attract a certain thing, you have to understand what that certain thing is about, mm-hmm. right? Um, so women like shoes and fashion design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I noticed some shoes that were on her feet were Michael Kors. Get out of here. So I take Get those shoes off her feet. I like just grab, like she doesn't really know me like that, all right? This is craziness. So, and here's the because thing. Because you're Jamal Cho. Yeah. So <laughs> you could do this. But here's the thing I know too, though. Here's the thing I know too. When you meet someone, mm-hmm. your number one objective is to make them feel something. So that nervousness that turned into laughter, uh-huh. she started feeling something, oh right? Oh my god! So I take like I take that shoe off, her and she's laughing. She's like, "Give me my shoe! What is wrong with you?" I was like, "Are these Michael Kors?" I'm like, "You girl, you better get it. Look at your fashion sense." She's like, "You don't know, Michael." I said, "Who? Do, how do I not know? This I'm looking at the shoe. This is Michael wow. Kors. This is beautiful." Like, you got great taste. I said, I bet you, you know, probably work at some department store or something like that, helping people with, you know, to find stuff. You look like you'd be really good at that. And she's, and I say, what do you do for a living? And she goes, I work at a department store. I would have gave you my number, man. <laughs> I would have gave you my number. I'm like, I ain't been here, bro. That is crazy. That's crazy. So, long story short, we hit it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that whole time I'm home, she, she is still, and she's a Sunday school teacher, and I'm just a heathen. Right? <laughs> so... We hit it off that whole time I'm at home. And then um, a, a key moment happened where uh, I take her to brunch and her best friend to brunch mm-hmm. um, to hang out. And when she gets up to go to the bathroom, her best friend tells me, hey, um, you know, her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend wants to see her tonight. He's oh, His band is opening up for Brian McKnight. <laughs> and so he's, she's going to meet him tonight. You should do something. And so she comes back to the table and I say, hey, Liz just told me, I out it right there. Liz just told yeah. me that you were, you were going to see Brian McKnight or going to meet your boyfriend afterwards who's opening for Brian McKnight. Right, right. So is that true? She was like, yeah, I was thinking about meeting him, but I hadn't really decided on anything. And I said, girl, my sister is actually the person who contracted Brian McKnight to come into the city. I said, you're not a meet me after the show kind of a girl. You're a front row backstage I let's meet brian kind cannot of even deal with do you this. want to meet brian because shut up Jamal. You, you can meet brian i tell you call him brian i'll, I'll tell him you get can call him out brian. of here right now so that's crazy what so she's like are you are you serious i'm like yeah let's <laughs> let's go to the brian mcknight i wasn't even planning on going yeah i just had tickets shelved i wasn't even planning Actually, I might have been planning on taking somebody else. You ain't shit. <laughs> you ain't shit. You truly. But it was just like a friend thing. Like, what? Oh, okay. Just- sure. Tell me anything. Okay, sure. All right. Okay. Wow. So I like nixed the plans with the person that I was planning on going to Brian with. And I like take her to Brian. Yeah. And we do the whole thing. Runs into the ex afterwards. He comes off stage and um, he's like, oh, hi, Sierra. How are you? Did you? I didn't know you had tickets to the show. And she's like, yeah, that's that's Jamal. 
Damn. Um, he's my friend. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm I'm Jamal Chubb. Nice to meet <laughs> nice to meet you. Oh, and I know how you are. are. You have you always been like this with the eye contact? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that that just that makes it even worse. Uh-huh. So you you took his girl and you looking right in his eye when yeah. you do it. Okay, yeah. got it. And and then I was like a threat, right? I'm I'm harmless now. <laughs> what do you like, mean? Then I was like a threat. You are so, still what six? What? Yes, I'm a very yes. six foot two. Yes. Like, Right, like, but now I'm just like I'm a dad. Oh please! Right? Oh, so please. it's so anyhow. Long story short, we hit it off. Mm-hmm. We started dating. Three months later, I'm in Antarctica. Wow! And um, Antarctica. They say to me, "Hey, man, um, you might end up going to Afghanistan after this, directly from Antarctica." Mm. And I go, "Whoa, that's that's big." Yeah. So I call her and try to break up with her because I'm like, "Hey." I might die. Like they're sending me to, I'm going mm. to Afghanistan front lines, mm-hmm. right? Like in a hot zone. Yeah. I don't know what this is going to be like. We should break up. And she goes, um, you're not breaking up with me. <laughs> and I'm like, do you not hear what I'm saying? I could, this could be, yeah. this could be it. And she goes, nah, you're not breaking up with me. Yeah. Um, so the next chance I get, I fly her to, or I, I get her to come to Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, where I was stationed. And, I take her to my favorite beach, Yorktown Beach, Virginia, and I get on two knees and ask her to marry me. Wow. Um, and this is three months, about three months in. Three months in. Okay. Three months later, <clears throat> um, we were married. Wow. Wow. And then after that, four months, so after being married for four months, mm-hmm. I got deployed to Afghanistan. For how long? A year. A year. And then you come back. Yeah. And it's like. It's all good, bro. It's all good. It was like the really, early, the, dude. The early years of marriage were were butter. Okay. For us. Okay. Because I mean, and we probably had like one or two arguments, but we were really like on the same page. That's fire. It's that is really great, right? Like, but because we moved so fast with it, mm-hmm. like you don't start like we're growing up together, right? Instead right, right, of. Right being established people all are on our own. Correct. We're building a life together. Right. So like in that sense, it was easy, but later on that made, that made things a little bit hard because you, you like, you've known a version of a person. Yeah. Right. And maybe you had hopes that they would be more, maybe they had hopes <laughs> that you would be more. Maybe you guys don't understand the way you converse or mm-hmm. what triggers you or trauma. Right. Like, we didn't understand any of that. I just knew that I love you and you love me. Yeah. And we're going to be together. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, so you mentioned love. What does love look like now yeah. as opposed to, you know, those first few years of marriage? How does What does it look like? What does it feel like now? Um, how has it changed for you? Because um, I know you guys have been through some things, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. you're still here, and that's amazing, you know. For sure. Um, particularly we're talking about some things. Let's talk about, um, her, um, dying from COVID-19 in 2021 twice. Let's talk about it because people, I mean, we've had the very conversation on this show, uh, several times where I'm not going to say, well, maybe there have been people who said it wasn't real or, um, said it wasn't as serious as, as it, you know, was made to be and, you know, just downplaying it, things of that nature. Um, and I'm would sit through these conversations thinking to myself, I know someone who is like literally fighting for her. So what do you like? So how does that, 
Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Because that's that's just like Yeah. It, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's crazy. Um I, I want you to I want you to expound on what you're saying though. Like what It's just it's it's just it's angering for me. Uh-huh. Um ever since March twenty twenty, I've just been like really kind of over it with people in general. Mm-hmm. Um the way that we handle this just as a human race is deplorable. Yeah. Um, with everything, with every advantage that we have, mm-hmm. for us to have gone through that and still be here is really, really stupid. Yeah. I I don't get. Um, and this is for anyone listening. I don't get how you can see what's going on. I've known people personally who've passed away mm-hmm. from it. Um, people who really meant a lot to me. Um. And for you to say it's not real, or oh, don't get the vaccine, or, oh, like it's just, it's just it's really, really. It feels like something happened in like 2016, yeah. When when we when we elected the Cheeto, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like at that point it was just okay to deny truth, yeah, at all costs. It's okay. That. And for a person like me, I really deal a lot. I'm, I'm an emotional person. I really am. An, I feel everything. And yeah. so because of that, I've kind of trained myself to be m- more rooted in like truth and logic mm-hmm. because emotional me doesn't make the best decisions. I allow myself to feel my emotions, but I don't want it to like so to and just see people just making it up. Yeah. Yeah. Even down to like the the uh, the insurrection, yeah. just making it up, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I don't, I don't get this place. Yep. So I do a really really um, focused job at staying focused mm-hmm. on the things that need my time, attention, and are demanding me as they're in front of me. Um, I'll tell you, when she got sick, I had people on both sides, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Now you got to understand she got sick during a time where she was pregnant with our son, Miles. Yep. And there had not been, there had been a suggestion that pregnant women, pregnant people, excuse me, pregnant people should take the vaccine, Mm -hmm. but there had not been a CDC clear. It's safe to do. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, anybody that took it when the suggestion came out, Right, put themselves at a level of risk right. by taking it because it wasn't. They didn't know. They didn't know. Correct. Right. Um, but that's the that's the if they they you know sometimes you're in a rock and a hard place and you got to choose your heart right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sierra was like, you know what? I'll talk to my doctor. You know, she said that I shouldn't take it because it's not CDC approved yet. So we're yeah. gonna wait until that comes out. So I had people on both sides like telling me like. Um, Good for you. You shouldn't have, she shouldn't have gotten vaccinated. <laughs> but then also I had another shade of people on that side. Correct. Saying to me that the government is paying you and this is a hoax and this is pretend and you're getting like, sh- are you kidding you me? So many people do what? Shit you not. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, it's a crazy. hoax. The government is paying you to pretend that your family's in danger. Wow. You know, um, like a lot of people were there. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, I had people saying to me, well, she should have got vaccinated. This is her fault. Hmm. It's crazy. Right. The lack of compassion. Yeah. And the way that pushed us into a gray area, she should have gotten vaccinated. Mm-hmm. This is her fault. But I didn't find out that the CDC approval came out for the vaccine 
that's what I was doing a live interview um, for a news outlet. Mm -hmm. And the guy literally touched his ear and said, hey, you know, Jamal, funny enough, I'm just getting a report that the CDC, and it was August the 11th, the CDC, August 11, 2021, Mm -hmm. just approved the vaccine for pregnant for pregnant people. No way. How does that? And at this point, my wife had been on a ventilator for maybe three days. Mm. Dang. Wow. How does that wow. make you feel hearing that? And I think I was speechless. I probably started crying. Yeah. Um, I worked my way through the interview because at the time, it, doing interviews was very important to Correct. what I felt like was her well-being. Mm-hmm. So I did everyone. But um, yeah, man, the spectrum. So I've had to land for myself. Because this is a problem with our country. Yeah. And yes, there's a level of oneness and completeness that we should have for one another. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has that. And Correct. I know that. And they, have, they don't have that for different reasons. Right. I spoke to a family member today who I love dearly who confessed to me that she and her kids were not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a family member believe in me like this person believed in me. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so she was like, I want to see you when I get to, when you come home next. But I have to tell you this. Yeah. Um, and... I, you know, my response to her was, listen, that's a choice you've made for you and your kids. Mm -hmm. I hope that that choice doesn't come back and bite you. Right. But I I don't love you any less. Right. uh, For that. As for me and my house, my my whole house is vaccinated Mm -hmm. and up to schedule. Right. um, That's where we landed. So I do a really good job at putting things in their own pockets just because I can't, things aren't black and white. Lots of things are nuanced. And if I start putting things oh this goes here and this goes here and it's just that easy mm-hmm. then i start doing the people that i say i love a disservice mm. okay i hear that um what did what did this whole ordeal um do for your love for your wife or the, the love that you have in your marriage like how did that change you guys um as a unit because i i you've told me like the details of the story and i'm like my <laughs> my job was at the table because like I'm like people nowadays like you know you know our generation like you have a, a fight big enough and it's like ah fuck it all yeah. you know so to go through all of this it's like you know this is this is real real love to me yeah you know yeah well and it's so this is this is love is layers man yeah it's it's so many layers mm-hmm. and I think we can sit here and say oh I love you right yeah um, but when we're saying it, it's practice, mm-hmm. right? It's like your mo- yeah. it's like your mother telling you the stove is hot, mm-hmm. and you ain't never touched no hot stove, right? But you're gonna listen to your mom because you believe her, and her and she's committed to the role of protector. And it's funny I say protector, and I'm talking about a mother, right? Right, but she's committed to the role of protector and providing for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna listen to my mom. Right. And, mm-hmm. and know that it's hot. But then something happens and you get burned. And now, you know, yeah, like you just went from, yeah. you just went from the theory of knowing mm-hmm. to actually know. Now I know what, now I know what hot really is. Yeah. 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 Cause it's different. It's different. Right. So in practice, Sierra and I have said, I love you a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Right. In practice, I've looked at my wife and said, baby, I love you yeah. a thousand times. Right. Um, but there's but there's not an I love you to date like the I love you. I'm saying when hospice has come in and mm. said, 
hey man, there's nothing else we can do for right. your wife. We're your best. We're the best option. Right. And I'm looking at my wife's body mm-hmm. and her. She has no brain function, and her eyes are just open. Yeah. And she's not moving, and she can't speak, and she's not conscious, and she's on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. She's on two kinds of ventilators or two ti- two kinds of life support. And then I say, I love you. Mm. Oh my! That that one hit me in the chest. I felt that one. Because because yeah. now because now this version of love is very different. Yeah. Because I think I think love comes with like a a, a call to action, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Right. A several call to action. Sometimes in your regular day to day, I love you means I cleaned the house and did the dishes. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. in your regular day to day, I love you means I'm gonna sit here and let you talk to me about how horrible your day was. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes I love you uh, means I clean the cars out. So you don't got to ride around in a dirty vehicle. Right. Right. Uh, sometimes I love you means I made you dinner. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'll sit here and watch three episodes of 90 Day Fiance with you back to back to back. And and I promise I won't slip my wrists. Yes. <laughs> that, that's I real. Won't, I won't, like, and I hate going shopping with Sierra. Sometimes I love you means I'm going to let you walk me around the store for three hours and ask me if I like it. Right. right? And we leave with nothing because you buy nothing. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be excited about it. And right. I'm not going to pout or complain because I get to be with you. Right, right. Exactly. Right? But in this moment, I love you meant they just came and told me that this was the end of us. Mm-hmm. But I love you. And so I know it's just the next phase of us. Mm. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you get to come back home to the family that we've built. That's what that I love you meant, right? Yeah. So when you're doing those other I love yous, it's a lot of practice, right? But the time comes for all of us Mm -hmm. when our partner is going to have to make a critical decision. Yeah. Right. For 50 for for 50 percent of people in relationships, they're going to have to be the partner one day Mm. to make a decision about their partner's health. That's so tough. Like I even like that stuff that (laughs) I shouldn't think like this, but this is just my anxiety, like, you know, perking up, I guess. Even when I something as simple as going to like, you know, get my cat and I went to go adopt him. Like I thought it all the way through. I'm like, I'm going to love this cat and he's going to be awesome. He's going to be like a part of my emotional support for the next 10 to 15 years. And one day he is going to die. I want you to know, like I picked him up at six weeks old and I saw myself with him dying. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like. Why do you think that's a problem? That's terrible. It's not terrible because you know the weight of love. (sighs) Maybe I don't want to know it, but that's you didn't. I'm, you didn't choose the hand; it was just dealt to you. Yeah, I, I think you know um, that's been something I've been kind. I guess um, not upset about because in some ways it's definitely helped me. But I've just always been like very aware yeah. of everything. Yeah. Like I don't really remember a moment in my life. My memory started around like four. Yeah. I don't really remember a moment where I wasn't like aware yeah. of. Things that maybe I, you know, didn't need to be aware of or the weight of things like I always carried and knew that. So at this point, I'm just like, all right, look, man, maybe I don't want to think about that sort of stuff. Maybe I just want to enjoy the the now, you know, because it feels like such a, a pull for me to like just sit in the moment and enjoy it now. Yeah. It's really hard, you know, so I'm trying to like do that. But the only way I know how to do that is to kind of like divorce the the whole like. 
idea of thinking everything through to the last moment of knowing the weight of like I don't want to know the weight of love. It's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. Listen, man. Maybe being aloof sometimes has a little bit of freedom to it. <laughs> well, for sure, <laughs> ignorance is bliss, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's like... always been, right? But when you have the mantle of leadership, right? <laughs> mantle. Right? That's, that's a big word. Yeah. It is a big word, but it's true, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, leaders think through things from the beginning to the end. You know what's so funny? I had a, um, a situation... Um, recently where um had a conversation with a i guess now at this point a person who we're not friends anymore Mm -hmm. um and we spoke um to i guess try to like you know salvage the relationship in some way um and that didn't it didn't end well uh and it just it wrecked me yeah it wrecked me and I, this is the thing i wasn't even in the wrong Mm -hmm. but it wrecked me and i just i don't you know, there's some people who can like have a situation like that and just kind of like move on. I'm not that, yeah. You know, that sort of person, and I really kind of envy that. I yeah. really, really do. Yeah. It kind of, hmm, something to think about there for me. Well, I'm having a moment right now on the mic. I'm sorry. Good. No. Good. I'm kind of like fleshing it out right now, but um. And maybe that lesson will teach you to be less, less sticky. What do you mean? Meaning, meaning like, um, like you, like you're not, so this, this friendship didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And so you've had to split, but you feel like torn apart. Yeah. So like you were sticky in that relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, I, like, I, like there are people that I won't invite into that level of relationship if I know I'm going to stick that hard. And like, I, and I can't, I can't do, I, I have to kind of like, because of what I'm doing with my life now, I do kind of have to like, uh, run relationships through a certain level of like filter filters, I guess, to kind of like make sure that the people who are closest to me actually, um, have what it, I don't want to say what it takes, but have what it takes to kind of be there in that, that tighter circle. Um, but even in this relationship and, and having it like dissolve and wanting to be emotional, wanting to be angry and wanting to or wanting to just, you know, say my piece or whatever the case is. I literally in that moment, because I do have the mantle of leadership, sat and had to think, think it through, like personally and professionally. What does this look like for me yeah. if I just do what I want to do? And that sucks because in that moment I wanted to be a basic ass, regular ass nigga <laughs> that I am from Brooklyn and I just want to be like, yo, let's just go ahead and fight. You know, <laughs> but like we yeah. like, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that like you said, it does have like a certain level of like um weight yeah. to it. I don't want to think things through all the time, but I kinda have to and it's like but at the same time it like I'm an anxious person, you know, and I have an anxiety disorder, so I don't want to like be feeding that, but it's kind of what I need to do. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, I guess. Guard your heart yeah, because it's the wellspring of your life, and from it flows everything that you do. Is that from the Bible? It is. Okay. But it's such an important thing to carry because you've been designed as this person who, by like by definition of who you are, when I think of you, I think of love. Right. I think mm. of compassion. Mm. I think of connection. Mm. Right. Okay. That's that's wow. that. Those are the things that when you were just 
being yourself in a space and people see you, Mm -hmm. this is what they recognize about you. Yeah. Right. So knowing those things, like in practice, like you got to guard your heart, man, Mm -hmm. because everybody that sees you because, because you make Mm. them feel something, Mm -hmm. you make them feel something. (laughs) It's crazy. Right. Uh They want what you have, but everybody can't handle that having that yeah wow right oh my sometimes they get possessive other times they don't know how to take care of having that right Mm -hmm. so they're they're frivolous with with this amazing thing that they have so like you know i i try to guard my heart like i like i guard like my money or like i guard my time or like i like Mm. i i guard this i guard it like it's fort knox because i can't just let any any old person in in any capacity especially particularly when it comes to friendships yeah yeah and say oh man i love this person i do life with this person that's a different level of of love for me is mm-hmm. like i rock with you i come to your house i kick yeah. it we go like that's a because i have a i have a i have people that i am immediately responsible for right there's four of them right right and so if I'm doing something outside of that, mm-hmm. it's because love drove me to do it. Well, thank you for being here this evening. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, I love you too. Love That's you. amazing. Uh, I want to kind of like circle back to something we were talking about. You mentioned uh, being uh, in the military. Well, um, how, do, how do I say Retired military? Veteran. Veter- veteran. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, how is your relationship with that now? Yeah. Um, with the state of kind of like everything happening in the world and like in the country. Cause I know that it like as a black man, like this has to like have some sort of, you have to be thinking about this in some way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I never want to forget the, the duality of course of anything. Yes. Right. Because two, I love that you start there can be true at the same black ass time. They can be true at the same time. Yes. Right. I can love you but you can be bad for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so when it comes to being in the military, um, I needed that experience right. for my life. Mm-hmm. I was homeless when I joined. Mm-hmm. Right. I was literally sleeping in a, at a friend's house and I, like my mom had kicked me out. Yeah. Um, and I was ni- like, I was 18 when she kicked me out, and I was 19 when I decided to join the military. Wow. So I was homeless, sleeping on people's couches, eating out of trash cans wow. for a whole year of my life. And, okay. And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the military came up as an opportunity, and I took it. Mm-hmm. It was that was the first time I ever ate three meals a day in my life. I hate that, Jamal. Like I had never, I had never had three meals a day. I, I hate that. always wondered as a kid where I was going to, like what I was going to eat the next day or wow. if I was going to get the shower cause the water would be turned off mm. or if I was going to have electricity to do my homework. That was my life growing up. They said they were going to give me a paycheck, a place to live and three meals a day. Well, there you go. Like I can only find that one other place and that's prison. <laughs> well, right. Guaranteed. And, yeah. and, straight up like i had seen so many people get shot and killed in my neighborhood and in neighborhoods that i like hung out in yeah um the the fight that you know i saw some dude get his brains blown out that i went to high school with 
on the sidewalk. Wow. Um, like right in front of me. Wow. And so, um, me going to the military at the time, mm-hmm. like I realized that it doesn't matter. Like I don't have anything to lose. I'm going to either Got you. be the next statistic or I'm going to die on a battlefield, but at least there's going to be some honor attached to my name. Okay. I don't have anything to lose, which is, which the fact that that was my thought process says a lot mm-hmm. about the systems in our country that don't support people's mm. existence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I joined and it wasn't cause I was like so patriotic, mm-hmm. you know, people say, thank you for your service all the time. I was homeless. I was hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while I got in though, like I never like you, two people can say a person can say, what is patriotism? And a person would respond a love for your country. Mm-hmm. And somebody would ask me what patriotism patriotism is and i would say a love for my country men got you got you right got you it's a difference because some people say i love my country and you're talking about everything that it stands for mm-hmm. warts and all and I, if you ask me if i love my country i'm gonna say i love the people here mm-hmm. right um do i love them when they're misguided uh <laughs> i do my best right you know what i mean um but I went to Afghanistan with a dude that was a Trump supporter mm. that is now a loud, proud Trump supporter whose phone call I would still take if he needed something. Okay. Right? Okay. I went to Afghanistan with a, a Hispanic dude and, you know, people from all kinds of walks of life. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, for me, getting being there, being in the military wasn't about... Um, it, it started off with selfish motives, but then it went to, I got to make sure that I'm protecting these people that right. I've grown to care about no matter what they believe so we can get home. Right. Right. So, yeah, I see a lot of crazy stuff happening in our country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, wild, like somebody who I used to love and believe in and I felt like helped me believe in myself just said that they love Hitler. Um <laughs> I hate it here. Right. I, I don't even want to say what? I don't even want to say his name. It's happening with her. Like and I <laughs> like what is going on with this gentleman? Right? Like <laughs> literally literally this person just said they see good things about Hitler. That's crazy. Um and to me that is a person that has a money doesn't money just exposes your problems. Mhm. Right. It'll fix it'll fix some, but it's going to expose others. Right. Right. Like that's and that's just that's just the truth. Right. Because you can get into more stuff the more money you have. Right. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to make a person take their meds when I mean, they got when they're funding your lifestyle for you or like whatever. Like, right. It's crazy. So um, anyhow. So, yes, I like. Yeah. Do I see a problem with it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I still, am I still very fond of my time in the military? Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't take that back for the world. I grew, I learned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm the first man in my family to buy a house. The military is, is a, is the reason I could do that. So. Okay. Um, I want to like take it like way back. Go. Growing up. Yeah. You just got home from school. 
what are you watching? What were like some of your shows that you like watching as a kid? Did you have any shows that you liked at all? Yeah, a ton. What were what were some of your shows that you that you got down this on? This is an interesting question you're asking. Yeah, no, I'm just sitting here and like I am like, okay, I want to just take us in a totally different direction. I'm looking at X Men through the the, uh-huh. the reflection here. Yeah. I can see, I'm like, I just want to go somewhere else. Like, what was like your yeah. jam growing up? Um, so I was so yeah, I loved anything X Men. It was like okay like anything marvel was my jam i love superheroes um that was my shit too you're man. a little bit older you're a little bit older than me right? oh drag me drag I'm me not okay tra- <laughs> no drag me it's fine it's, it's fine drag me uh I'm wow thir- i'm 34 wow wow so i'm just saying the cartoons that i might name might be like no we're gonna be around in the same i'm okay. only 37 okay. man damn okay. now i think we're gonna be in the same around the same uh, okay like, so so you were sitting around watching like ben 10 okay did not watch ben 10 but i know i know okay. of ben 10 yeah yeah johnny quest I, johnny quest okay. Get, yes come on okay so we talking samurai jack i know samurai jack yes i do um, know her um johnny quest that had to be coming on cartoon network back in the day yeah, yeah yes yeah. yes um and these aren't like i would have to go to i didn't have tv at my house so i would be at my boy you my know, boy's crib <laughs> you know we are somewhat somewhat similar there i didn't have um dragon ball z i didn't have cable and stuff so i went downstairs to my uh, my friend's house and always watch his cable and stuff so that's why i know like the nickelodeon shows okay. and the cartoon network mm-hmm. Because upstairs, it was really just Fox 5 and UPN 9. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all we got. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, I, and then if I was at my house on Saturday at my mom's house, when we did have TV, it would be like one Saturday morning. Yes. So recess, pepper in. Dude, come on. <laughs> come on. I have been watching recess in this very room for like the past like three weeks That's every awesome. night just like going i'm like yo it feels so good what is our like doug what's that thing with nostalgia yeah like our generation like it is just like it's available for us mm-hmm. i think is what it is like it's like right there i i not, not only is it right there like like so you're right like it's available for us and it's right there mm-hmm. but also that was the last time we actually felt safe you know what? Let me tell you something right now. Let's go ahead and make this. Let's go to make this deep because that right there is the black. <laughs> I know you tried to take ass it. <laughs> truth. No, no, let's do it. No, let's do this. Let's do this because, like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I have, for the past year, maybe I've been having a really hard time watching new shows and starting new things or um. Even okay, so one of my favorite shows is uh This Is Us. Yeah. Um, I got about four episodes into the last season of it, mm-hmm. and I realized what was going to be happening. Number one, the show's ending, and number two, I know what's going. I could. I was like, I can't even emotionally yeah. take something that is fantasy. I don't even want to see that go down. So like, I, if I don't know what's going to happen, I don't. I find myself not wanting to watch it. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know what kind of emotional state this is going to leave me in. I used to be a big Walking Dead person. Watching TV like that, that was heavy like that, was fine for me. Yep. I can't do it anymore. Yep. It's like, so, I'm yeah, I watch X-Men all the time. I watch Recess. Yep. Like, you know, I watch, or something safe, like the Food Network all yep. the time. You know, like, yep. it's crazy. Yeah, so, funny enough, you say This Is Us, because Sierra and I have not ever watched an episode of This Is Us. 
And we used to always say, especially before she got sick, we saw her say, yeah. real life is hard enough. <laughs> like, you know we done been through some yeah. things. Real life is hard enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need to watch somebody else act out real life yeah. and feel their emotions. Right. And that was a funny joke that we would say all the time. Yeah. Joking, but true. We yeah, would never yeah. pick up This Is Us. And then she's on two types of life support right and i'm holding this brand new baby and taking it home by myself to my other two kids Mm -hmm. and praying that my spouse lives wow right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow so um jeez but there's so much that has happened since we've grown up yeah we've been our generation has been through some a lot of things man and i think um and I think I've said it on the show before. I think for me, it probably the biggest one. It probably started with Columbine for me, mm-hmm. um, when I was like, "Yeah, this this place is this is weird. Like this this it wasn't like this for my parents growing up. Yeah, like that's when I first kind of started noticing those sorts of things. And it's just been that. Then we have nine eleven, and then we have like the Great Recession, and then we now we've had a pandemic, and it's just it's just one thing after another. Yeah. Well, and and I guess. I think each generation has their own version of that stuff. Yeah. The reason it's hitting, it's hitting harder than it hit our parents' generation for us. It's hitting harder because everyone can see everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. We can, we can see it all. You want to see somebody get shot, gunned down from police violence? Mm -hmm. There it is. Just pull it up. You don't have to ask for it. There it is. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you want to know how bad the market is doing before you used to have to read a paper. That's true. Then after that, you'd have to turn on the channel at the right time. At the right time. And maybe they would talk about it if yeah. you caught it mm-hmm. on the news. Right? Yeah. You want to know how bad the market's doing? Just pull it up on your phone. Yeah. Right? So it's hitting different mm-hmm. because we can't put it down. What do we do with that, though? Because, I mean, at this point, like, the internet, you know, the the phones, the, the, everything is just, it it is society it is so like how do we like you have to be connected you have to be yeah you know but it's also like draining and it doesn't feel safe because in most ways it's a lot of ways it's not so like how do we how do we do it and this is a harder i'm going to give you a harder answer because everybody doesn't have this yeah you have it i have it right i think it's one thing that connects us what i'm about to say okay but everybody doesn't have it you have to be mission-minded about what you feel like you're supposed to be doing here. Mm. Wow. Right? Yeah. You got to be, and this is why, this is why, this is why we vibe the way we do. Mm-hmm. There's something that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You're supposed to be creating something. You're supposed to be building something. Mm-hmm. You're, you're supposed to be advancing. Right. Right. And helping people along the way and connecting people that are, on a destination, mm-hmm. right? I can't lock arms with people that aren't on a journey. Mm, yeah. Because people that aren't on a journey don't have anything to build amongst the chaos. Wow. Okay. You're just opening up my eyes today. It is very much like, um, <sighs> did you see Bird Box? You saw Bird Box. Yeah, I mean, saw Bird it's Box. very much like when the old white lady was in the house and the other white man was behind her, snatching her eyes open, saying, you're going to look at this shit, <laughs> God damn it. Like That's what you're giving me tonight. That's what you're giving me, and I'm living for this. Like You're making me see things, and like, and, <sighs> I'm growing and changing, man. I am growing and changing, and 
but you're creating like even with your show people listen mm-hmm. you know your numbers people listen please help them grow share this with so many people please <laughs> please 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 i've been doing this for five years i really want to make this my job please tell everyone about this thank you so much <laughs> and with that being said though yeah. like um i'm actively creating a space mm-hmm. for people to feel something different than what they're feeling when they look away from this yeah right yeah. when i'm on social media when i'm doing tiktok yeah I'm trying to take people's attention from whatever the world is offering right. and saying, this is how we're going to transport you to someplace that feels better right now. Right. Right. And that's something worth building. What you're building is something worth building. Thank you. I can only rock with people that are building something that's, that's worth building yeah. because if we're not building, then we're just sitting here in the chaos being a victim of, that's so true, man. Like, I've honestly, especially when everything kind of started happening in, like, 2020, it kind of, I just started the network um, February of 2020, mm-hmm. and everything happened in March. It kind of, like, just took, like, the wind out of me a little bit. And over the past few years, I was kind of like, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, I can just stop. Like, all my money's going into this. Like, I'm, like, broke all the time. It's just, like, stuff like that. So I started thinking about that. But then, like, I, I stopped, and I'm like, what else am I doing? Yeah. What else would I do? Yeah. Like, yeah. work, work. Like, is, is that all I'm going to, like, I mean, that's cool and everything, but, like, there's nothing else going on. For, yeah. for, for, there's nothing else going on. I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. But also, like, not only am I, like, really fucking good at this, yeah. but, like, for the most part, the art of it all is very enjoyable for yeah. me. Like, the art, I'm learning to, like, love the business side of it because this was never meant to be a business for me, but yeah. here we are. Yeah. Um, so I'm learning to love that, but, like, this is, what else am I going to do but sit here? Yeah. I'm like, I already work from home anyway, like, you know, <laughs> so, like, what, like, am I just going to do nothing? Yeah. So I need, like, and, and this feels right. Yeah. It feels correct. And I think that's, that's what happened for me, like... I've done a lot of things and I'm good at a lot of stuff. But like when I found this, I was like, oh, this feels correct. No one is going to do this the way that I am going to do it. And I know that. Yep. And that's how you know you're called to do it, though. Yeah. Right. Because you could say, you know what? I'm quitting this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I could. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You could do that. But then what would you have? A spare room with nothing. Nothing. How would you feel inside, though? It would feel extremely incomplete. Like, for me, I wouldn't feel like I... It would always feel like, why'd you do that? Right. You know, like... And I always told myself, like, you know, I I would not stop until I... Until I just hated doing it. Yeah. Or until I was just like, you know what? Like, I've I've said all I had to say. Like, I've done... But... Before that, like, I don't want to leave anything undone. I don't want to, you know, leave before, like, I've finished. And that is how you know you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Right? That feeling of, if I put this down today and I don't pick it back up, I feel I feel incomplete. Not yeah. just a work isn't complete, but I feel incomplete. And the reason you feel right. like this is therapy, because this is a part of who you are and mm-hmm. what you're called to do here. But see this, and this is something I've been kind of wrestling with. It's a realization I've had rather in the past like week or two, maybe. Um, I find myself, I don't want, I'm finding where like I am becoming, 
not known for this, but like I, I don't want to just be Chase Cassidy, the you know the podcast guy, or Chase Cassidy, the YouTube guy. Like I, you know, <laughs> and I'm finding that. I think I've been doing this for so long that when people think of me, they think of that immediately, which I guess is good. Yes. Um, but also, I'm trying to figure out, because I'm kind of seeing what's what can possibly happen for me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to stay as whole of a human being as I possibly can mm-hmm. uh, and stay as grounded as I possibly can. So I'm trying to figure that out before like, I look up one day, I wake up, and I look at the YouTube thing and it's like okay now you just woke up to ten thousand subscribers for no reason whatsoever yeah. i want to be ready for that you know yeah. so it's a balanced thing yeah right that's so funny that you feel like you're not ready for that like character wise you feel like you're not ready for that it sounds like what you just said it's not a character thing it's more of like a uh again it's a weight thing it's a weight like i am I've realized, and I made a post about this on social media the other day, I realized that I am nervous, more nervous about success, actual success, than, like, failing. <laughs> like, girl, I can fail. I know how to, like, I can, like, that's fine. But, like, the whole, like, I was sitting here thinking the other day, I'm like, all right, so yeah. I went from... I'm I just, laughing for a reason. I'll just, tell you <laughs> I know, you, I know. Just this podcast, like, I was just, I just did this because it was something to do, and, like, here I am, going on six years later... And I have the podcast. I'm doing another podcast that I'm producing under the network. I have a network. And then I have a a gaming show. Episodes dropping tomorrow. It's amazing, by the way. It is so good. The growth on that is stupid. Then, like, I have a drag race show that I do as well. And it's just like... And then I started thinking. I'm like, okay, so these views and things start rolling in the way that that we want. And I'm like, you know, how am I going to, like... What am I going to do with this money? Like, how do I... Like, how do I... How do I lead these people? Where am I leading? Like, what, like it's just, and I start to think, like, oh, what am I doing? I don't, like, I'd rather just stay on this level because I, I get this. I know this. Like, even though it's frustrating and I want more, I know this. It's crazy. And that is the plight of black trauma. <laughs> oh, whew. Okay. Come on, somebody. Let me pull the bike in closer. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that, is the, that is the plight of black trauma. Okay. Because the trauma feels so comfortable to us. That success feels like the new trauma. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let it hit you, bro. Let it hit you. Oh, shit. That is crazy. Bro, let me tell you. So when I, when I started doing well in my career, somebody called me, said, hey, man. You're doing great. I was working with the company that you're very familiar with, making less than anybody on the team doing what I was doing. Yeah. Had the most success on the team. And when they gave me a raise, they only wanted to give me a bump of $10,000. Well, it didn't even put me in the median race for Mm. what people were making. (laughs) Okay. Right. Somebody came to me, doubled my salary gave me a hell of a sign-on bonus and I went to that next company and I I was doing great, but I was so scared. I was so scared because I had just reached a point that it didn't, like life didn't have to be complicated anymore. Oh my gosh. Life didn't have to be 
I knew where I knew how to pay my bills. I knew that I was going to have enough money. I knew things were going to be good. And the quiet scared the shit out of me, bro. So people ask me all the time, hey, man, when your wife died, was that the scariest thing that ever happened to you? And I said, no, I flourished during trauma. And they thought I was crazy. I said, no, I felt right at home when that was going on. I flourished during trauma. Bro, this whole network is built on my trauma. Do you realize that? Like all of this. It really is. I'm doing this because because there was a bomb in my brain and somebody had to dig in there. That is why I'm here doing this. And listen, it's okay for things to be born out of traumatic experiences, wow, but it's not okay for you to build it on the same traumatic experience. So this was born on the traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you're going to build on things that matter like and that give people freedom. And that give people peace, and that give people, you know, you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I totally get it. So totally, like, like when, so for example, when our TikTok platform overnight went from the five thousand people that I had there talking about careers and family stuff and whatever else, mm-hmm. to overnight blowing up to three hundred thousand. That's insane. In the community, yeah, right, because I'm taking them on a, a live journey with me. Right. Um, after the trauma was over, right. I was like, well, all these people are here. What do I do with them? Yeah. Like, what do I say to them? Mm-hmm. Like that pressure of <laughs> what's next kind of set in. Mm. And um, the thing I realized is um, I can take them on any journey I want to take them because like you might have started it out of trauma but what people love is you, not your trauma. It's okay. So I did this this video. Um, please go to the YouTube, uh, type in the Sweet Talkers, and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, I did a, a episode of Chasing Your Face there, which is my YouTube version of this, I guess. Um, and it's called the Audacity of Insecurity. And I spoke about like even in doing this like i'm not the only host on the network and stuff like that and i've always kind of wanted to work in a group so i like this anyway but i look at their content and i guess because i am the person that edits most of it i dissect everything so i'm looking at it and i look at them and i look at me and i'm like if i was a person watching this network i would not be here to see me and so like i'm like it's the minimizing of my own voice on my own platform because like I don't I don't see it the way other people see it. Mm-hmm. So when I think about like success coming, mm-hmm. it even feels like why why me? For what? So why talking, are you here for me? Yeah. Like I don't get that. Yeah. Um so I was talking to a person who is a millionaire several times over. Mm-hmm. This person is a mentor to me. Yeah. I have a meeting with him every week. And he was saying to me, yeah, the person that used to do the job that you do um, was a friend of mine and they were nice, but they just, in the nine years that I had them in this position, paying them what I'm paying you and I make good money. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm paying them six figures in the bonuses that I'm paying you. Um, they maybe only hired 12 people across that nine year span. Mm. And he was like, I went to school with them. I went to college with them. 
And it blew my mind to hear a person who was affluent tell me that other people who are also affluent get opportunities based on relationships and it didn't matter if they did well with them or not Hmm. or if they earned them or not. Yeah. Why do I say that? (laughs) Because where you're going, every bit of your black ass (laughs) will have earned that seat. And that's on period. When you sit there. That is on fucking period. Every time somebody writes you a check to do something. Yeah, yeah. Like every time they say, come on this show, say what you say, do what you do. Mm-hmm. When you get to the seat that is meant for you, yeah. there will have been very few people that have earned it like you earned it. You, you know what? <laughs> you know what? No, because that's 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 real and that's that's very true. I listen, man, y'all know, y'all been with me for I work I work at this. This is this ain't easy and a lot of people like they don't put in a quarter of the effort that I put into this. And have zero of the consistency that you have. None of the consistency. but And this is where I have to stop looking at other people and I have to put my tunnel vision on. Yep. Because I get frustrated when I see people doing 25% of the effort. But just because, you know, maybe, you know, they're conventionally attractive or super, whatever, yep. they get it before I do. Doing yep. nothing. Yeah. Doing nothing. Yeah. Hence why I'm like, you know, naked 75% of the time on my Instagram now because that's what y'all pay attention to. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, let me follow his Instagram. I was like, <sighs> what is this man selling? He's I know, selling something. I know, you, I know you, do, you did not follow my Instagram to see me in my drawers, but it's what makes people it's, it's click. Working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool and everything, but like, Jesus Christ, yeah. guys. Like, yeah. you know, because I look at this other person over here and it's like, I go look at their YouTube show and it's like, you've done nothing. Or I listen to their podcast and, it's, and it sounds like they're, you know, talking through two cups in a string. And it's like, yo, come on, like, come on. But then, like, they're getting they're getting checks off of this. Yep. And I'm like, you're, but you're doing nothing. Yep. So, with that being said, though, <laughs> yeah. like, you don't know the relationships that those people have in the background. Oh, very true. Right? Very true. You don't know what they had to do. Ooh, say that <laughs> say that right yeah, yeah to get those opportunities yeah right and, and it might not be the kind of work you putting in right um, i'm willing to it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny i always walk around and i'm like yo who do i have to sleep with to get some more followers so but what's happening oh uh, yeah um, nah but that's true but you understand you understand yeah, like, totally like totally when, understand you, that when somebody's comparing when you compare your journey to somebody else's journey, bro, it's like, crazy. and you call it, and you're measuring success with their measuring yeah. stick, like, you know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But they didn't have nobody digging around in their brain talking about. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Like, they, yeah. like, they didn't have to, that, that, that's not their sacrifice. Yeah, that's man. not their story. <sighs> right? So, when you have something yeah. to say, and it's time for you to be platformed on that mm-hmm. level. I have a lot to say. Yeah. I have a lot to say. I can't believe I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing it. Like, it's been, it's so funny, like, going back and, like, uh, every once in a while, it's been a long time since I've done this, but I go back and listen to, like, a earlier episode of, like, The Cookout um, from, like, 2017, and I'm just like, man, like, 
one thing that I did not realize when I started this is I'm going to, for the rest of my life, no matter what happens, I'm going to have a documentation of a journey of like five, six years of growth so far. Like I'm going to be able to see, I go back and I listen. I'm like, man, I don't think that way anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. And it's really cool to see and feel the progression. Um, so even if for nothing else, um, it's nice to have done that. And even honestly, man, to be able to leave my, my voice and likeness behind for anyone who loves me and may miss me or whatever, may want to like see or like revisit or like feel something again, Mm -hmm. they'll have that, you know? Well, and this is, this is what you need to know. And I thought about this looking at you. Okay. Um, lasting influence can only come from consistency and sacrifice lasting influence like yeah. you're going to create an audience that's going to be with you as you grow and as you move through life and if yeah. you start to choose to start a family and you choose to have children and you choose to hold up now hold up now but what i'm saying to you is right like when you start building something mm-hmm. that is truly you the people that join you truly care about you they really do I I had a uh, a really awesome uh, supporter reach out to me, uh, like maybe like a week ago in DM, and like he's just been he's been with me since like day one. I don't know him; mm-hmm. he lives on the other side of the world. Like, but he's and like you're right; like he's gone through every and not just him. There's several listeners out there. Thank y'all so much. I really appreciate you guys who've just like followed me through everything yep. and like every once in a while they peek their head in and say something. Um, and it just is very encouraging, you know, especially in this season I'm in right now where it's just like my head is down and I'm really just like getting at it. Like, and I'm, I don't really have a lot of time to come up for air. Yep. It's really nice to like, you know, feel somebody pat me on the back and saying like, you know, good job. I see the growth. Like, yeah, it means a lot. So, yeah. Um, can I sh- can I shift the subject just a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about something that's impacting the LGBTQ community, QIA plus community. Let's do it. Where we live. Okay. There's a power outage in a town right now. You said in Uptown? In not in Uptown, but in um, oh gosh, like in, it's in the Fayetteville, North Carolina area. Okay. No, I don't know about this. Okay. Okay. There's a power outage and. 40,000 people are without power right now in a particular county over in Fayetteville. Okay. Um, And it's because there was a drag show being put on. And I know somebody who actually sponsored the drag show. Um, Wow. And it's believed that like, there's like, you know, like different groups going around marching right now. Like Mm -hmm. lots of white power symbols happening, like crazy amounts of stuff happening. Yeah. They, shot up the generators and 40,000 people have been without power for about five days now over this drag show that they didn't want in their town. Mm. And, um, even to the point where the person that sponsored, like one of the people that sponsored the drag show who I know pretty well was sent death threats and they were, they had to take them and their children and get out of town. And that person is not, I don't want to reveal their identity. Yeah, of course, that of course. is not white. Mm-hmm. Um, they are other. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that to you, and mm-hmm. this is happening right here in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, 
how does that make you make you feel as as a gay black man? And, and am I giving you the right? I'm sorry, I don't. No, 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 okay. no. Yeah, I'm I am gay and I am black. I am okay. both of those things, it's, <laughs> and I am also a man right. sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Right, like um, because and I asked this question coming from a place of um, when I was a kid, gayness was demonic. It was bad. Yeah, it was horrible. Same. My mother's. I'm uh, sorry. My um, my sister's mom. I have a sister. Um, same dad, different moms. Mm-hmm. She was she was gay. Mm-hmm. Came out as gay, and my mom used to sit on the couch and bash her all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, mostly because she was fucking my dad too. Well, um, okay, <laughs> well, um, party. But um, used to bash that, and then you know, in church, we're taught this is a sin, this is evil, this is this, this is that. Yeah, yeah. And I can't like as and as a Christian. I can't think about Oof. like elevating anything over the love of people. Mm-hmm. So even if you, even if people like, even if people think that way, which they can think what they want, right? Whatever. I don't, I, I can't, I can't, as I've grown, I mm. can't imagine putting that much hate over the fact that I actually love people. Well, a lot All of people, a lot of people find it very easy to do to do that. Un- unfortunately, um, I when I hear that, there is a part of me that um, I want to try to say this as well as I can. There's a part of me that like mourns and like is is in true pain. There's another part of me, and as time is going on, and I'm getting older. Um, it's it's a growing percentage of me. There's a part of me that's kind of like uh, disconnected from it, yeah. Um, because I do feel everything, and because I am an empath and all those wonderful things, it is very important. I've learned that so I can keep my sanity, literally. Um, and I can stay well within myself. I have to like disconnect on a certain level. So it's very much, I would see something like, so like even like the shooting that happened recently. Um, I forget the name of the, the nightclub Q. Q club Q. Um, I saw that, um, and I gave it 30 seconds Okay. and I was like, okay, let's keep scrolling. Yeah. And I try to avoid, I still feel it, but I try to avoid it as much as possible simply because I have realized as a gay black person, mm-hmm. um, even within my own black community, that I don't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like me, and like when it really gets down to it, if I could be done away with, they would do away with me, mm-hmm. right? So it's one of those things where I don't really... I don't want to say I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I just I'm at a place where I'm like, this is this is the reality. This is what it is. It's kind of like the same reality that we have now that I have to think about when I go to see the next Marvel movie. Am I going to get shot up in this theater today? Like th- that is the same reality of like I know it, I accept it. It causes me anxiety. It hurts, whatever it feels. But at the same time, I have to stuff that away so that I can continue to live some sort of like quote unquote normal thing so that I can exist with people in this world comfortably um, because I am like very much um, at a point in my life and really teetering on just (laughs) don't take this personal just not fucking with straight people because I'm just like over it yeah you know Um, and it's a very similar um, 
so I have, of, of course, I have a diverse group of friends. But if I'm being honest, like at this point, most of my friends look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple um, friends who are non-black and they have been grandfathered in yeah. for the most part, simply because of <clears throat> what's been going on yeah. um, as of late. And I'm kind of getting to that space when it comes to heterosexual people as well, yeah. uh, because I am just tired of it. I'm just... Yeah. I'm at a point where I'm either going to punch you in your face or you're just going to have to not be in my presence because I'm just tired of like having the same conversations Mm -hmm. because it makes sense. I know that what I'm saying makes sense. I know that what everyone who's come before me has said has made sense. It is just you want you want to do this. This is you. You want to believe this. You want to feel this. Cool. Go do that over there. Mm Don't interrupt anything I'm doing in my life. Don't, mm-hmm. as long as you do what you're doing over there, I am fine with that and leave me alone. That, this is kind of where I'm at, man. It's just like I'm sick of it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like at this point. And listen, I could, and I can, <sighs> it's just I exhausting. Can... There's no safe place for a person like me, really, except amongst other people who are like me. Yeah. That, that look like me. Even yep. within the gay community, like it, it's not like, Oh, just because we're all gay, we're all cool. No, there's still racism. There's still so it's really just wow. other gay black men wow. that I feel the most safe around. Wow. Um and to my knowledge, even when it comes down to family, to my knowledge, I'm the only person in my family that is like this as well. So mm-hmm. even like thinking about stuff that like Thanksgiving, like holidays, like it's mm-hmm. stressful for me. Yeah. Not because anyone makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. Not because of that, but simply because like I'm the only person in the room that's like me. It's yeah. kind of like going into your black person going into a white space. Even if you feel welcomed in it and they and they love on you, it's 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 a sense of I am by myself here. So that's a lot. I gave you a lot for that, well, that question. No, but that's but you and you said please don't be offended by it. I can't be offended by that because I completely understand yeah. what you're saying when it comes to like sometimes you just don't want to be around people that don't get you yeah man you know right? yeah like i like and what i do and what i do as a career i'm often in all white spaces mm-hmm. right Ooh, I yeah am, i am come on corporate literally one of one as i sit as a junior executive i just on. heard a beyonce lyric in my head see this is what i'm talking about <laughs> that is a lyric of first one of like and i was gonna go i was like he's not gay he's not gonna get it go ahead go ahead see <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny but it's almost like you like religiously watch a TV show with like people that you're close with, mm-hmm. and or uh, for me it's TikTok. Like I hang out with people that do TikTok a lot. Like Sierra and I do TikTok a lot. So yeah. if I say something to her that's a quote from a TikTok video, she gets it. But right. if I say it to somebody else who doesn't religiously do mm-hmm. TikTok like we do, they don't even understand it. Correct. Right. So um, it's a culture thing. Yeah, it's a culture thing, yeah. and like. As of late, this season really, especially, I've been doing like one-on-one episodes a lot. I'm used to like have like three or four people here, but like, yeah, just kind of like been like bringing it up. Because honestly, like most of the people who've been here have been gay. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it says a lot about my level of comfort with you to have you here, um, one-on-one because I find even in doing this show, I used to have the opinions of so many different like walks of life and I would have a have a gay person, I would have a white person, I would have like and I would have those conversations. I would even have like 
Battle of the Sexes series and like you know, but I've just realized like why this, am I traumatizing myself like this? Not even that because it was amazing and I loved it. And we had some like a oh man go back and listen, y'all. It's like so dope. But like for me, I've just over time I'm just like yo, this ain't none of my business. Mm-hmm. This ain't none of my business. Mm-hmm. Like, do I care? Yes, and I I am gonna have a conversation very soon on um on YouTube about like from the outside looking in. It doesn't look like heterosexual people actually like each other like men and women like yeah. y'all don't like each other you like each other's genitals and it's really weird uh-huh. um but we're gonna th- but I just, it's not my business like yeah. i don't like i'd rather talk about black gay shit yeah i'd rather sit here with like someone and like be able to throw that banter back and forth and like you get why this Real Housewives of Atlanta reference is funny right here. Like, and like we're, we're cackling about it. Yeah. And it's stupid. Yeah. But it's like our language, it's our culture. And it's like, I just want to be around that because that feels safe to me. Yeah. I don't, if I can avoid it most of the, like even like the, the thought of like going back into an office ever at any point terrifies me. Yeah. It absolutely, like I'm telling, even right now, like I could, like I could cry right now thinking about yeah. something that's not even happening to me. Yeah. But like, just the having to code switch and having to, like, it is. I didn't realize how exhausting it was until I didn't have to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't want to. That's even motivation, honestly, as well. Yeah. For me to like really get behind this and like push and like make this my job as well because I don't want to be. At the at that mercy ever again, I have that risk of that having to do that ever again. Yeah, because it is. This is going to sound really dramatic, but I honestly don't know if I would survive it. It is mm-hmm. that is just. I could I could I don't know, man. That doesn't sound dramatic to me because, you are growing into the person that you've been called to be. <laughs> You right. just coming in here to speak things into me today, huh? I appreciate right. it. And so, um, listen, if you put a lion in the ocean and tell it to be a whale, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you're you're that like, you're drowning the lion. Yeah, right. And so, in the infrastructure in our in, in the infrastructure that we're in in our country, it's like, oh man, you want to be successful. You got to go work at corporate with these people. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I can't, it's like, Oh, like, like that's like, I had somebody called me the other day and this was a black person and they were talking to me and they called me back and said, are you black or are you white? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> This was a professional thing. Professional and they thing. Really called me back, and I felt good about it. I felt good about it because, and this is a black person. I felt good about it because, like, you know, you're part of the culture, right? So if you want to ask me that question, yeah, fam, ask me. And they said, because I've never met a white Jamal. Jamal, I'm about to say like his name is Jamal. Like what? But as you're talking, you sound like a white man. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't I don't give up. I don't give up. I don't care. If I'm on the phone talking to someone, I don't care how he sounds. If he says his name is Jamal, that is a black man, okay? He is black. Oh, and it was funny to me because then I had to explain to him, like, yeah, man, growing up, my mom taught me that if I was going to get what white people had, I had to be able to communicate and be 
amongst white people. Mm. That is a instilled principle for my mother. But that's just not, that's not just you though. No, that's all of us pretty much. A lot yeah. of us. So, but I, but I said, I had to, I had to learn how to do that. Yeah. And he was like, but you do it. Re-. He's like, I do it. I'm in corporate America, but hmm. you do it really well. And he said, how much money you make? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's crazy, man. Like I'm even like, hold on. I got, I got to think about this for a moment because backstory, uh, Jamal and I met, we, we used to work together. That's how we met. Yeah. And so like, I am able even back then, I was able to, I guess, I was able to move through in a certain way and be perfectly fine, right? Mm-hmm. And still be, quote unquote, myself. Yeah. Um, but even in that, there was a lot of me that I kept back because yeah. of the space. You did it on a different level. Yeah. That even I was able to like, <laughs> is, is there a weight that comes with that for you? Do you feel anything? Being with- the safe Negro? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's okay, a... that the show is over. We're done. <laughs> we are done. <laughs> what is like yeah. how like because like okay, let's just, yeah, the safe ego. It's funny because like people would like kind of even where we used to where we worked, like people kinda like got that vibe from me, but they didn't really know me. Yeah. Like I'm I'm safe, yes. Yeah. But you don't know me yeah. because if you knew me, there would be there's a certain level of joke. I would, there's a certain level of like um, of of uh, there's a speech pattern. It's, it's just different. It's yeah. a certain swag that happens yeah. when you're not in the room. Yeah, you know, and there is a weight that kind of comes with that because you do have to kind of you find yourself in corporate having to kind of play both sides in a way Mm -hmm. and there is a look of kind of like that kind of comes with that sometimes people don't understand it and it comes from it from black people like black people be looking at me real crazy (laughs) like man where did they buy this ivy league negro at? Right? right and then and then white people are they kind it kind of they kind of like celebrate you for your whiteness it's very strange. Right? It's like, they're like, you're like us. Like, his name is Jamal, but he's like Jim. <laughs> Actual conversation that I've had in corporate America. No. Actual conversation I've had in corporate America. And so, but but the thing about that is, though, um, I don't mind the trade-off because I get to help people like Say us. Say that. And that's it for me, too. Like, it. Th- thank you. Okay. I yes. don't mind the trade-off because when... Um, somebody comes to me and says, Hey man, I don't really like the position I'm in. Like me. And I get to, I wasn't going to say <laughs> no, that. period. But, and I get to say, well, let me, let me flex my, my earned he whiteness. Flex, <laughs> he flexed so hard for me. No, no lie. He flexed so hard for me to the point that to this day, I am extremely comfortable, extremely comfortable because of the way he set me up in 2016. Like y'all gotta understand, like for real. But or or when somebody calls me and says, "Hey man, I'm I'm working at this job. I'm working at this company. This is the comp plan they got me on. Mm-hmm. What would you hire me in at?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm looking at the comp plan, and based on your years of experience, you should be making this. Let's do the interview as a formality. Mm-hmm. But when you want to start, right? Period. Now now nobody gives a shit how white I sound." Right. 
<laughs> at all. And and that's and I don't at like, all. That's real. And that's I don't real. I like I don't highlight that because mm. I've had I've had people come to me before. Listen, man, you got a big platform, three hundred and seventy something thousand people follow you on social media. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for black people? Hmm. <laughs> like, what are you doing wow. for black people? Well, <laughs> and then I have to have the conversation. Well, let's talk about that platform particularly. And let's talk about when you use your voice for black things, how Say it, it Say gets it. minimized. Say it. Come on. You know what now? Right? Come it on. Gets, it gets minimized. Yes. Right? So if I just show up and I'm black mm-hmm. and everybody knows I'm black, nobody has a problem with that until I start saying pro-black things. Then it's an issue. So let me not just let me not say any pro-black things. Let me mm-hmm. be with my, my black family mm-hmm. and sh- introduce you guys to my black friends and have my black Santa Clauses for Christmas. <laughs> and you you understand what I'm saying? Right? Just let me yes. just let me be I'm just gonna be black. As black as I wanna be. Right? As loudly black. Just let me show up like that. <laughs> yes. Right? And it's it's almost like the same thing. So like I always uh, and people ask me, like, oh well what do you like I mean you're in corporate I'm in corporate America. A question I get is you're in corporate America what do you feel like paved the way for you to be successful? Mm-hmm. And two people I talk about, and then I add a third person, mm-hmm. a Quill Flythe. Okay. Sheridan, her last name was then Maurer. I can't think of where her last name is now. Okay. Um, and LeBron James. Okay. A Quill and Sheridan are recruiters who are in their 40s, mm-hmm. right? So they started recruiting a decade or so before I did. Mm hmm. Right. And they did so well that after you meet an Aquil or you meet a Sheridan, you want to know more about the black talent pool because mm. obviously you've been cutting people out. Right. That you felt like weren't going to be valuable. Right. Aquil and Sheridan are two of my heroes, real people I can touch. Wow, that's awesome. And be with. I worked with them both. And I'm friends with both of them now. If I text them right now, they would show up and say, what can, What do you need? It's a quill tall. Tall, black dude, Kinda. glasses. Yep. Oh, I I recognize that guy. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um, but um, so them and then LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? Because or a Michael Jordan, if you will, right? Or a Kobe. Come on, Kobe. I was I was I was team Kobe, right? Yeah. Man. Because once people understand and start to see the intrinsic value of black people, it doesn't matter what my name is, mm-hmm. and it don't matter what they call me. They gotta pay me. And that's on black ass period. Right. Yeah. And you know what else don't matter? Well, what else actually matters is the fact that they're going to treat people that look like me after me well. Mm -hmm. So now the name Jamal is not such a. Yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I come across a lot of people that never knew a Jamal. Never, never had been friends with a Jamal before. Mm -hmm. Right. But the next time you meet somebody that looks like me, sounds like me. You're gonna give them a fair shake, right? Because you encountered me. Absolutely, I get that totally, totally. So, um, I think that's it. I think I'm good. Okay, dude. What are you gonna call this episode? Because we went everywhere. How um, do you even contain? So this? the way that I do, I, I come up with titles for the episode. It is something that is said during the episode that really hits me. Okay. Um. And it's probably going to be uh, success is the new trauma. Okay. Um, because that one. Okay. That one sat up in my chest for a minute. Okay. That one. That one. I think I, I'm like that's feeling like that might need to go on a t-shirt because 
black people understand the hell out of that. We do. Like, we understand the absolute hell out of that. You know that is comedian Ryan Davis? No. Ryan Davis is a black comedian. He was, he's been really big on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Moved his platform to, like, Patreon, so you'd have to pay to, like, listen to him. But um, he talked about nothing being wrong and him being scared. Like, everything being fine, money <laughs> coming in, wow. him being terrified. Right? And when he said that, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense because yeah. nothing's wrong. Right? <laughs> it's like it's like you it's it's like you in the middle of a field and you don't hear nothing. <laughs> it's just I'm I'm looking off to the side and I'm kinda quiet because I am like just thinking about my the, the way that I just generally exist. Yeah. And it is just on this like level a base of anxiety just a base like so no matter what even like like you said when things are well i am like what i'm just ready i'm always ready for the and i don't it's like what where's where's the fight where's the next war like it's just like i want to rest man like you want to rest but your body and your mind doesn't know well yeah literally that we've been in fight or flight for so long we're expecting it to be one of the two all the time Cause it always is. Cause it always feels like it is. Yeah. Right. So, when we have these moments of peace, we're like, "What's the next?" It's thing? interrupted by. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you hate your job, and then you have the weekend, and then around Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. you start getting that feeling in your stomach of like, "Damn it, I gotta go back." It's like that. Yeah. Like, okay, it's peaceful, but like, uh, yeah. it's too quiet. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, man. Uh thank you for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. You know what? Thank no. No. No, no, no. While you're here, I have to do this. Go. I've been skipping this segment of my show. Okay. Um, and it's actually my favorite segment, so I don't want to skip it today. And you are perfect for this. It's oh. called uh Be Nice Asshole. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Okay. Yes, Be Nice Asshole. And it's a space where and we've been doing this the entire time, but we can uh take a moment to uh lift one another up. Mm-hmm. and show love so it could be like a memory that you have it could be um something that you want to encourage me with whatever and i'm going to do the same mm-hmm. for you as well would you like for me to go first um i can do that i'm going to go first okay, you can go i'm going to go first you are absolutely absolutely amazing i really really mean that so gen- as i look you in your eye right now like genuine i have never felt a more like secure hug i know it sounds crazy but like the way that you embrace me and the way that you make me feel seen and you make me feel accepted and loved no matter what like you've seen me through so much i've been here there and everywhere and it doesn't matter to you i appreciate that i don't always feel that way like you said a lot of times i felt like people have come to to take from me because i have like a light or whatever about me and you always come and you pour into me. I always leave you feeling better. Honestly, like, we were supposed to do this, like, two weeks ago. And I had, like, a little meltdown. I was like, I can't do this today. And, like, today I wasn't feeling great. I haven't been feeling great today. He's even been asking me all day, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm just not good. And I was like, if I did not cancel this two weeks ago, I would have done it again today. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And I'm so glad that I just came in here and sat here and talked with you with these mics. I feel so much better. I feel lighter and um it's been heavy yeah it's been heavy so um i just appreciate you for being who you are and always being willing to pour 
and always being willing to um, hear and listen and just being the genuine safe space that you are. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. I might cry when we do this. So okay. I'm sorry. I don't know if that happens a lot. But it is okay. I'm very sensitive okay. uh, to I love that. things that are really important to me in life. Um, the first time I saw you, you were kikiing in an orientation room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing, if it was some sort of skit or something. Oh, geez. But I looked at you. Mm-hmm. You were alive and you were being your best self. Hmm. <laughs> And everybody was looking at you, and every room, every eye in the room was lit up. Oh, man. Everyone felt something. <laughs> wow. And I'm walking past the hallway. <laughs> I'm coming past the hallway, and I'm seeing the glass, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling what they're feeling because I'm seeing what they're seeing. Thank you, man. And um, I don't know, man. I think the thing I want to say to you is don't... Um, I see you on stages. Thank you. Right? Like, I see you, like, not just doing, like, podcasts, mm-hmm. right? But I see you doing some sort of, like, stand-up comedy. <laughs> wow. Telling, like, I, that is something I see from you. Thank you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of acting. Right? Like, these are things wow. that I, when I'm... It's a secret talent of mine I have. I'm actually a really good actor. That funny. doesn't surprise me. Wow. So when I'm when I'm opening up, like let me just I'm just gonna go ahead and read you. All okay. right. Okay. Sure. Um and I'm and like and I'm gonna say this, like <clears throat> your ability to make people feel things that you don't regularly feel on a regular basis is astounding. Wow. Your ability to give people something to hold on to as they walk away is truly a gift, especially on the days that you don't feel it. It's almost like you always have something to give to people, especially when you don't have it. Oh, that's crazy. That's, that's, okay. Wow, man. And, Mm. and the, the things you feel inside when you're creating and when you're giving your best you away and afterwards you feel empty, I want you to know, like, yeah, find time to balance yourself, but also you're feeling empty because you're pouring from the cup of calling. Oh my God, man. Wow. You're pouring from the cup of, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and you don't have anything left because you leave it all out there when you do it. And it's hard for you, it might even be hard for you to do things like this with people who really care about you, Right? Because maybe there's a part of you that's like, what if this doesn't go the way it's supposed to go? Every time. What if this, what if, what if I think this person feels this way about me, but they actually don't. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the, the anxiety you feel yeah. of pouring into something that won't work out. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes can drain you from doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Oh my God. I haven't filmed in weeks because of that very. Okay. So you got me. I'm saying, wow, the way you're designed is when you find your focus and you find your you're in your groove. It's like you pour from a cup and then and then there's there are going to be things that will pour back into you. Mm -hmm. Right. People, opportunities, things Mm -hmm. like that. And man, I just feel like I am so blessed to know you. Wow, man. Because where our relationship goes, like, you might be in Atlanta 
doing a movie or something like that <laughs> and might be like hey we need an MC for some sort of event and I get a phone call yeah that's not why I'm friends with you but I see that I've always right. the moment I saw you wow man I saw you exploding and it didn't matter whether people knew you were gay whether people recognized you were black none of that shit mattered you wow. know what mattered in the moment how you made them feel because that's your gift I love you, and I'm so privileged. So privileged. And that's why I hug you the way I hug you, because oh, not only do I feel safe, but I know that when I'm with you, right? Like, I know that when we're connected, something powerful is happening. I'm so glad I didn't skip that segment. Thank you. I love you. You're welcome. I love you. Um, sheesh. Okay, Jamal. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to cry when you leave. Bro, I just... I just <sighs> oh, man. I could, I, could, I could sit here for a mm. long time and tell you how much of a gift you are to the world, even though you don't feel it or see it. Right? But we feel it and we see it. And we can't stop thinking about it. <sighs> I'm, I... I appreciate... Um, I appreciate the way you view me. I really do. And um, I'm really working on just trying to be nicer to myself, you know. Um, and moments like this really help me to do that because I don't, I don't see what, I don't see what y'all see. I know I know what I walk around with and I know what I think of myself and I know what I feel and it's not that all the time. Yeah. And I know I, I know I'm a I know I'm a good person and I know that people feel like this about me and it's and it's legitimate. I just don't. So it's it's really this matters to me. And I'm going to um I'm going to think of this and I'm gonna to listen to this again and I'm gonna like this this matters. I appreciate that, man. I need to give you a comparison, and I don't know. I think this person is phenomenal, mm -hmm. right? The life they lived was phenomenal. <clears throat> but I don't think they ever really were able to feel the emptiness that they that they felt, mm -hmm. even though they were so busy being able to fill up everybody else's cup in the room. Mm -hmm. You give me a Robin Williams vibe. Bro, I relate to him so much. It's not even funny. You are reading me too fast today and it's so it's right like i have literally felt like him like and when I, I found out what he struck how he struggled and like in this very room in this very room i have had like string of panic attacks yeah. within a day like just back to like i've had in this room and just feeling inadequate and just like not like and then i will literally get up and i will sit at this mic and light that shit on fire or I will sit here and I'll film something or I'll like produce an episode and it will be everything and then end it and go right back to, and as it's ending, being sad that it's ending because I know that I know what I'm going to face when it's over. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to like, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but when your trauma is heavy, so is your calling. <sighs> Things are making sense, right? Yeah, man. When, when you're Trump, when you when the impact you have on the people on the outside mm -hmm. is big, 
there's always something happening internally on the inside that's equally as big trying to stop you from fulfilling the purpose that you have. Oh, man. It's, um, I don't think I've ever felt the resistance in my life more than like now, even with small like tasks, like little things I'm trying to do. Like it could be even as, as simple as like setting up for this tonight. Like there's just obstacle. I th- I, it's like everything is working against me to the point I'm just like, I find myself, I'm having to dial it back, but I'm just angry. I get mad. Like I'm like, come on. Like, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like this is, this is part of it. Like enjoy this too. You know, and I know I want you to know I love you. And if you would have yeah. canceled on me, I would have rescheduled with you again. Yeah, but no, like and, I and let you and let you cancel me on again if you needed that. I gotta, I have to. There's like two weeks ago, I needed to cancel. Mm-hmm. This time is like, no, you can do this. This is fine. Yeah. Like you, you have the gap. Like you can, you can, you can, you can shake this out. And nine times out of ten, when I do that, I'm so glad I did it. Mm-hmm. There's like. I can maybe think of one time in the six years I've been recording this show where I was like, yeah, I probably wasn't in good enough shape to do that. But at the same time, it ended up being one of the funniest episodes yeah. because I was just like, not like, I still remember this uh, ground beef stuffed in the hole is the name of the episode. I couldn't even get the intro. It was so funny, but I was like, I am not good, you know, yeah. but I, I have to. I have to like there's n- there's nothing else like some people use like working out as like their 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 way and from time to time I can do that but like it's just n- this is my way yeah this is my way and man thank you for seeing me man for you, real bro. man people I, I just I appreciate you, it's it feels good to be understood it's nice it's nice I really appreciate that and I promise you on the times that I don't understand that I'm gonna listen period you fire man i love you bro love you too i this is the first time i've ever done this show like this i'm glad i've done this <laughs> just throw the notes away and talk okay so jamal let the people know where they can support you how this how they can support you your social media all the things you've got going oh. on give the people the stuff wow um well our handle is the same across every platform if you want to uh check us out on any platform that we're on mm-hmm. you can always look us up uh at the Chubb House. Yes. Um, that's Instagram. Two Bs. YouTube. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chubb House. Yes. So, um, yeah. Those are the things. Bro, I'm humbled to be with you. Thank you. I can't believe I got to do this. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so is it, like, perfectly fine with you if I, like, totally invite you back and, yeah, like, have yeah, you here? Absolutely. Okay, would you be, like, cool with, like, sitting with other people here as well and, like, having those talks and, you S- know. Sitting with other people? Yeah, like, we're all just, yeah, like, sitting. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, Yay! For sure. Okay, I can add you into the rotation add, with, with the folks. Add me. Yay! Add me. Now, you got to know what this takes because I got to tell my wife in advance. Of course, of course. And let her prep herself to be with our kids for for... The oh. whole entire day. <laughs> no problem. Right. And put them to bed. I will um I have my calendar here and so we can we can like, you know, get things on that and stuff and so we can schedule it out. But yeah, man, I'd love to have you back, man. Cool. You're awesome. Thank I'm you. Privilege to be here, man. Thank you.
Thank you. All right, guys, you guys can follow me on the Instagrams at Chase Cassidy. Cassidy is spelled with a K. You can follow my media network um, also on Instagram at It's the Sweet Talkers. Uh, also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, just type in the Sweet Talkers. Search us there. You find us. Um, listener letters, please. Uh, the Cookout Podcast at gmail.com. And my merch, um, shopthecookout.com. I'm wearing it right now, actually. Some of my merch, my fasculin stuff. I see you. Um, so you guys, please support. Um, show love. Also, listen to the other podcasts on the network. Who raised you, hoes? That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, that is the sister show um, of the cookout, the cousin show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, episode dropping tomorrow for them. So uh, make sure you give them a listen as well. Um, thank you guys so much. And remember, make somebody smile today. Be nice, asshole.